Yes, yes, I am. Yes, yes, here on public radio. Ah, uh, yes, yes, very, very, very interesting. It's, it's, mm, it's mm-hmm. a new uh, Jeff yes. Goldblum talk show on on NPR. Uh, I like to call it. <laughs> 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 Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, joining me on the line, he is from CinemaBlend.com. He writes professionally about movies. His name is Mike Reyes. What's going on, Mike? Ooh, uh, yes, yes, very, 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 very professionally. I'm I'm a professional in my professional uh, line of work. How are you doing today, B-Side? <laughs> I'm doing well, Mike. Uh, we got a lot to get to this week. Uh, got a couple different reviews. Got some uh, feedback. Uh, I'm trying to think of another word to use here, but I can't. Uh, we're just going to start professional with Professional criticism? Yes, that, yes, we can do that. You're the professional here, obviously. Oh, but I mean, I'm as professional as you are here, professional man. Yeah, no, you're professional, 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 professional. <laughs> this has been such a weird start. Let's start. Jennifer Lawrence has a new movie out this week. Uh, it looks fantastic. You haven't seen it yet. You may see it tonight, but uh, we had to touch on it. Uh, this looks like a throwback to like older comedies. Yeah, you you could definitely call it that. Uh, the film's called No Hard Feelings, and basically uh, the plot is a woman is hired to sort of bring a late bloomer out of his shell by his uh, by his concerned parents. This kind of seems like to a throwback, because we haven't had a comedy like this in a while, right? Yeah, no, this is definitely, uh, a lot of people have been con- considering this as like a throwback to sort of the 80s, 90s rom-com slash sex comedy. Yeah. And, you know, that that's another thing that's sort of been really, like, wailed upon in the in the marketing. It's like, this movie's rated R. It is R. Are you with us? Good, because it's rated R. I think Jennifer Lawrence is fantastic. Uh, I'm really excited to see this. She's a great performer, but I just, I... Yeah. What? This, 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 I watched the trailer for this, and I feel like it belongs 10 years ago. Like, I, I feel like there was a reason that some of these movies died out and i don't know i mean I'm, I'm open to seeing it but it just looks like again this just looks like something that would have been it, it was on a shelf for 10 years and now they're putting it out on into theaters because reasons i'm excited about this and if you're not that's cool but uh the other part of it the is one, the, i have a thing for jennifer lawrence so but jennifer lawrence is a beautiful woman yes and fantastic actor uh silver linings playbook still one of my favorites of hers yeah that is a great movie that is a wonderful movie. And the big thing I will give this movie is it didn't go to streaming. It would have been so easy to sell this to a a streaming company. But you know something? My personal feelings aside, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a sneak hit because we're coming into weekend two of The Flash. I personally, I want Elemental to do better, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But we're coming into week two of The Flash. I don't know if the word of mouth is good enough that it's going to carry it to an easy first place. The numbers might hit in a certain way that this becomes a number one, if not number two hit. And there was already a paid preview last weekend. And I think people are already responding. Like there's a 94% audience score on this for Rotten Tomatoes. Awesome. And again, this was a preview screenings last Saturday. That's another thing that feels like a throwback with this. I mean, you go back to the 80s. There's a podcast I used to listen to because it's no longer with us. It's called 80s All Over. And they talked about how one of the big things they used to do back in the 80s was like, hey, are you paying to see this movie? Why don't you stick around and you get a free sneak preview of this movie? Yeah. Like, I kind of miss sneak preview events like this. That's cool. And, you know, they, they, they still have the potential to do it again. And, you know, I'm 
I'm very interested to see what happens with this because again, this almost feels like it feels like it's one of those movies that is gonna sneak in and just grab a lot of thunder and people are prob- might be quoting it within a couple weeks and you know i'm i'm open to seeing it and for it to change my mind i'm just i'm shaky on it just by what i've seen but then again marketing isn't everything exactly mike reyes from cinemablend.com on the line with me right now a uh, movie that uh kind of opened limited last week opening wide this weekend asteroid city uh what do we think of this so this is Wes Anderson's latest movie, and if you are not a fan of Wes Anderson, I don't know how well you're going to take to this film, because even as a fan of his movies, not like a, as a fan of his movies, I feel like this is very experimental for him. Uh, the, the basic story is, it's set in the 1950s, there is a play being done for television, and we're sort of cutting back and forth between the universe that's putting on the play and then the actual play itself. Okay. And there's a lot of, you know, Wes Anderson nuttiness and dry, dryly humoristic dialogue. But then it feels like some Coen brothers existentialism sort of creeps in here. And it's all, there's also a point where in my mind, this movie would make a great double feature with Hail Caesar because you could almost imagine that Scarlett Johansson's character is the same one from in both of these movies. Okay. But it's it's good. I think I need a little more time. It's something that needs to be dissected a little more. But even in that respect, I kind of feel like maybe it's it's a little too vaporous and the point is not 100% there. But then again, maybe that's because I need to dig into it more and, you know, look at the parts. But as it stands, it's it's good. Yeah, you're right about the Wes Anderson stuff. Like, I don't hate his stuff. I just don't love it either. I'm very My lo- wife will not see this movie. <laughs> this is if, if this is if you're you're choosing this as your first Wes Anderson movie, don't because you're just you're go- because I almost feel like you need to go in with that understanding of the man to really it, sort of grapple with this. You need to be in the relationship before you try this one. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, this is like <laughs> intermediate. This is intermediate. Wes Anderson. This is not Wes Anderson 101. I would go, I would either start from the beginning of his filmography or even just start with Fantastic Mr. Fox to sort of get yourself acquainted with the world of Wes Anderson. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now as we talk about movies. A uh, movie we didn't get to last week. There's actually two because I, I do want to talk Extraction 2 here in a second. Uh, even though I don't, still, you still haven't seen it though, right? Unfortunately, my week has become slammed with busyness. Which, well, <laughs> not unfortunately, because it means I have gotten great opportunities and great chances to talk to people. Yeah. But that means movie watching time is like more focused on okay, what do I need to watch to yeah, be informed no, for it. this assignment or that assignment? But trust me, uh, the way you've talked up extraction and extraction two. And the clip that you had me watch from Extraction 1 have me ready to go and just have my mind blown by just pure action, no questions asked. Okay, Uh, since we're in Extraction 2, we might as well finish it here. Uh, It is incredible. It is so good. Like, if you're a fan of Commando and that kind of movie, it's like a modern-day take on it. And they do some really cool stuff with how they're filming it and what they're filming. And uh, the, just the, like, listen, it's not going to win any awards for storytelling because it's, you know, it, it is what it is. 
but God, is it fun. I mean, that's, we're watching it. My wife, my wife and I are watching it. It's just like, oh my, oh, oh, like, it's just so good. And I wish I sounded more like a professional there, but I I just had so much fun with that damn movie. Dude, those are the types of reactions that people thrive on. And also I, I try to stay away from that. Like it won't win any awards because first of all, we need more stunt awards. Yeah. We need more. We need stunt awards. Period. We need an Academy Award for stunt work, especially when you have things like Chris Hemsworth standing on top of a train, and they have that helicopter actually flying. So he's doing. And I need, even though he said it was going at like forty miles per hour, the train that he's standing on, he's like, "Yeah, that's the one day that I was scared on set." <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna tell you right now the movie. The, the only thing it f- kind of breaks up is like they get into these long action scenes, and you kind of know like when they're coming up. So it, like it jumps right into this, right? And it, the the only part he got uh, fairly injured at the end of the, se- the first one. Uh, in his like recovery, it's like okay, I don't know if you could recover from all that stuff this fast, but whatever. He's back into it, and they start with a scene. It gets over, and you're only 37 minutes into the movie, and you felt like you've watched a whole movie. Wow! So then there's a lower period. Then they go do another big action sequence, and then they do another lull, and then a, a final action sequence. But uh, the the final action sequence was a little like it wasn't as great, but it was it it, it was fitting. So now as a fan of the first movie, which one do you like better? <sighs> Boy, I don't know. I, I can't answer that. I wish I could, but I don't, I don't know what the proper answer is. It's just, I should, well, I, I haven't watched the first one in a while. That's the problem. Well, that definitely feels like something to sort of chew on over time. Yeah. But I need to circle back the, to it. Yeah. Now, as someone who hasn't seen the first movie myself, <laughs> do I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to anyway, because I want that backdra- background, but for anybody else who hasn't, do- di- bleh, who hasn't dived in yet, would you suggest to them that they have to watch the first one, no. or could they just do the first one? You could, you could do the, you know he's a badass soldier. And that's all you really need to know. Yeah, and it looks like the, the trailers basically cover the ending of the first one, like, yeah. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched it, but they, people have talked about it so much because of announcing Extraction 2. Do, Tyler Rick died. Tyler Rick died for several minutes, and they pretty much cover that in the trailers, and it's like, oh, you have to figure out why you came back. Yeah. Um, it's, like I said, you don't need to. I I guess it would help, but no, you don't, you don't need to. I'll tell you that much right now. So Good. So Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now. If you if you get a chance, watch Extraction 2. You're going to have a blast, especially if you like to see Chris Hemsworth fight and not in a Thor-type way. Like with fists on fire. With weights. <laughs> he does a couple things. He They have one fight in a, a weight room that it's it goes really bad for a couple people. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, I cannot! I, I cannot wait! I he, cannot! Wait. At one point, he punches a guy with a dumbbell, and it is so awesome. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth fighting kids in the streets and knocking out oh, chunks that, with dumbbells in yeah. the gym. Oh, totally, uh, Mike. Uh, one of the movies you did see uh, finally, we didn't get a chance to get to it last week, but there's a new Pixar movie out. Uh, Elemental, I believe, is the name. Yes. Yeah, man. Good, it, bad, what? It's good. It's very good. Why is it getting it a lot of love then? Honestly, I think that, well, it's getting a decent amount of love, but I think the big thing 
that's really working against this movie is they released it at the wrong time. Okay. Not only for not only because of the fact that the Flash was out last week, but also because Disney is only a couple weeks removed from The Little Mermaid. Okay. And it's kind of competing with itself. But the big, 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 big reason let's let's return to the sort of villain in the room. There was a period of time where Disney was releasing Pixar movies straight to Disney Plus. Yeah. And ever since Lightyear, we have been seeing that sort of have its consequences because people aren't flocking to the theaters to see these Pixar movies. And then I think they're doing okay to well on streaming. Like a lot of people are basically asking, hey, when's it going to Disney Plus? And, you know, after three movies sort of, well, two and then onward going to Disney Plus fairly quickly with like a, a that old premium access plan they used to do. <laughs> where you had to like, remember, remember those days when you paid like $30 to watch a movie that was also in theater? Yeah. I remember. Do you rem- anyway, remember uh, Berries? I remember. <laughs> but that's, you know, there, there's a, there's a, there's a cocktail of factors that are really like, I don't even know if the marketing was really that strong for the movie, but the thing is the movie is, is very good. Okay. It's, it's a story of Ember and Wade played by Leah Lewis and Mamadou Ati. And they're basically a fire and water couple. Yeah. That, you know, this is, this is sort of the elements are separated. Elements don't mix because of the, the sort of perils and, you know, fire can be extinguished by water and can, you know, burn do the, the things tree. and whatnot. Yeah. And this is a story about a couple that start to get to know each other because of extraordinary circumstances. And it's being hyped as Pixar's first romantic comedy. I would definitely agree. Well, one of the first. I mean, I think Wally might have kind of beat yeah. the punch in that respect, No, I but... would. Boy, that's an interesting question. Is Wally a romantic comedy? But the, what's really amazing about this is the director Peterson drew from his experience as someone who came from a family that emigrated to the United States to tell this story. Okay. And a uh, little fun fact, Peterson was also the voice of Socks, the cat from Lightyear. Okay. So just that wonderful tradition of Pixar where you can be directing a movie at one moment and then voicing in another, like, I just love that sort of family <laughs> atmosphere. Yeah. 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 The, the weaker parts of this movie, and I that this this is just a light criticism. It's a little too punny, a little too early Pixar for me, where it's very light and okay. very sort of very nudgy with its humor. But what really works is the love story works wonderfully, and then on top of that, just the story about Ember and her relationship to her family and trying to be her own person is also tremendous. Okay. Like there is a huge beating heart to this movie that. Kind of, it, it's sometimes overshadowed by the jokes, but it doesn't kill the film. And I think it's, this is something that people definitely should go see in, in theaters. Definitely go see this in 3D because there's some really, really cool effects that get thrown into this at, at, at parts. There's one point where since Wade is a water person, he squeezes his form and like, basically runs through an alleyway where it's like just a crack of a crack in between two buildings. And that part of the scene is just the depth in it is amazing. Okay. But yeah, I mean, this is, it's, it's good Pixar. It's good Pixar. And I'm what I've been really been upset that Lightyear was good. Turning red was excellent. 
And these movies have sort of, they haven't had a chance to shine so much in theaters because whether it be release date or people thinking that, you know, people waiting for Disney plus. Yeah. They just haven't run the theaters and I, I want this to have legs. I want this to perform well over time just because Pixar is still putting out really good work. And I feel like their recent era has been, and in terms of Lightyear, well, Lightyear and Turning Red both responded to nostalgia, but Turning Red and Elemental have both responded to very specific experiences when it comes to growing up or becoming your own person. And they do it in such wonderful ways that Pixar's never, the Pixar magic's not gone. It's just people need to realize they need to go back to the theater to see it. Mike Reyes. they want to keep seeing it. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now. Uh, cool. So we'll have to take a look at Elemental uh, this weekend if you get a chance. Uh, Mike, uh, real quick, I want to go back again to uh, last week in The Flash. Uh, that's had some interesting ups and downs with it this weekend. It didn't perform quite as well as everybody had hoped. And there's been kind of an up... Uh, there's been an interesting... I don't know if upsurge is the right word, but... Uh, uh, I, I've seen enough people comment on it that it's it's getting blasted for the or it the, people are using the wrong reason for saying why it didn't perform well. Does that make sense? I kind of used a lot of words there to kind of. <laughs> I'm not of, a wordsmith it, like, like you. Of, okay. Uh, long story but, short, people are saying that it didn't perform because of reason A, B, or C, and they're not mentioning the Ezra Miller factor in this. I wonder how much of the Ezra Miller factor really did play into this to be honest i i i mean i have seen people people have obviously responded to that factor but i don't know if that's the determining factor in in how this film performed i i just i've I've seen enough people talk about it and you know just reviews on it that it it's definitely out there that it's like oh it didn't perform because of this this and this and it just seems like we're glossing over the ezra miller stuff i think that was that was something that was out front pretty quick. Okay. And now we're focused on the responses to the film. Like, I don't think people have forgotten it so much as it never went away. And now it's just more new news cycle type in, thing. Yeah. Like it's just more bogged down in, Oh, the movie was. Yeah. Okay. All right. That, that makes sense. I just, uh, I, I saw a, a, a couple things about that this week and I'm like, that's kind of interesting. But what you just said really makes sense there that you just, uh, I had a boss one time that there he was talking about and he's like, if I tell you over and over again that I don't like Brussels sprouts, at some point you get tired of hearing it. Yeah. So, oh, I, re- I remember you saying that. So, uh, but boy, it's, uh, it really didn't do as well as people had hoped, right? Yeah, I, it, it was a really weird weekend at the box office last week because Elemental not doing so hot and then The Flash just, nah. I, another real big thing is I don't know if, uh, I really don't know if people were really that primed for it to begin with. Like, again, it's not only the, the whole Ezra Miller thing was front and center, but also the whole, the DCEU's ending, we're going to be going into something new here. So, like, it, it's not as much of a court-appointed viewing. Yeah. Because oh. you can, it's almost like you're saying, hey, you can skip this one. We're doing something new. You know what? If, if there had it have been 
Across the Spider-Verse, uh, Multiverse of Madness. That's another thing. Uh, it seems like we've been in it, it. It seems like it's the new zombie movie right now, right? Multiverse movies. Yeah. Yeah. And just the fact that it was on the heels of Across the Spider-Verse and the Spider Across the Spider-Verse uses some similar stakes and does it so much better. That's another thing that that really just did not do this film any favors. Uh, I mean, you just look at the headlines. Variety has a story up now. The Flash box office disaster exposes DC's $1.1 billion problem for Warner Brothers. You just wish they'd get not it right. Sure. <laughs> yeah, and now I'm even more interested to see how Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom does. Oh, because I've... that was one of the one that was one of the billion dollar hits for DC. I... And now you've got the sequel coming out in December. I'm hearing like they said that Michael Keaton was going to have a cameo, but now apparently that's been cut. I forgot that was even coming out <clears throat> this December. Yep. Wow. Um, okay, so we're getting another Aquaman movie. <laughs> yeah, that'll be tech. That'll technically be the last DC EU movie, I think. I know we have Blue Beetle this summer, but I think that's more tied into. I think it's tied into what happens next. I don't know, but didn't uh, they're still very uncertain. Didn't uh, uh, what's his name, James Gunn, come out and say that that's like the start of their new universe? Uh, I don't know. But even that could be up for debate if the movie doesn't do well. Come on, DC. Come on, James Gunn. You got to fix this. I just want to be. I want. I want something other than than uh, Marvel at the moment. Which, by the way, you brought up court appointed viewing. You know what the conversation was last night? Uh, I, I bet it was something I was going to bring up. So, Secret Invasion. Uh, my wife and I. We finished yep. Night Agent last week, right? We started a new show. We started The Diplomat on Netflix. That looks fantastic. It is so far. It's it's awesome. It is like the perfect blend of a lot of things. Yeah. And I it, it was on the Roku last night. Secret Invasion. I'm like, all right. So do we do we watch that or do we stick with Diplomat? And she goes, well, why don't we do Diplomat so we can uh, string a bunch of the Secret Invasion together. I'm like, okay, that sounds good. But it really was. It was like, oh, am I am I required to watch this right now? And that was the feeling. I actually have seen Secret Invasion. Yeah? Look, this looked like it was going to be my show. You look at this and you could tell this was this supposed to be my show. Spy a spy series set in the DC in the DC in the Marvel universe. Samuel Jackson, you know, Samuel Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, like a fantastic cast near Amelia Clark, uh, Olivia Coleman, who's kind of like a snarky M. That's like one of the pieces that I really did like in the, this first episode. Uh, I feel, I almost feel like I've missed something. It's another one of those cases where I feel like, it, it, like that, going to that first episode of The Mandalorian, where it's like, oh, I know that this is the next season. But I feel like there were episodes that happened in between that I missed. Okay. Like, and maybe it's because I need to go back and I, I guess Captain Marvel ties into this. So kind of watch that. But there's a lot of backfilling and stuff that's happened since then between Talos and Nick Fury. And I'm legitimately surprised you saying that. I'm legitimately surprised too. I watched. This, I, I, I mean, I, I, those trailers had me hyped, and the concept is definitely interesting, but so far, like this first episode was, eh, and I don't 
get it. This it even feels like it has hallmarks of things I've loved before, like 24 and, and basically like spy thrillers. This is supposed to be a return to the spy thriller, which is some of the, like, I remember Marvel doing that beautifully with Winter Soldier. And it's like, cool, we're going to do that again. I'm ready for that. And this is just kind of, eh. I see the way you started. It sounded like you really liked it by saying you want more. No, I I mean I expect I want more. I expected more out of it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense then. Yeah, especially (laughs) because this is Nick Fury's big return. You know, he's a big regular TV series with Nick Fury, and 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 Rhodey's back, and like all these like wonderful star power, cool concept. It just feels thin right now and um, maybe i need to to watch it again maybe i need to actually watch it sitting down like i was i was kind of watching it long sort of start but right before starting up for work so it's kind of like i'm in a different mindset than just kicking back at yeah. the end of the night but even then i think i'd still have the same problems it's just kind of uh Weird. Okay. Uh, yeah. The way you, the way you said it, it sounded like you really, really enjoyed it. I'm like, okay, that's crazy. All right. So, well, that's surprising. I, I genuinely thought you really, really enjoyed it. Um, now I'm even less excited to see this stupid show. <laughs> Someone had said something on Twitter that basically it, it kind of encapsulated what's going on where someone was like, you know what, it's like as if they watched Andor and tried to inject the seriousness but didn't have the material to back it. Yeah. All right. And I'm kind of agreeing with that. And, you know, it's it's just the beginning. There's there's several more episodes to, to go. So there I guess could we'll be stay, hope. But I'm just... Uh... Everybody's over it at this point. Everybody. Yeah, take a break. Hit the reset button. <sighs> All right, on that note, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com joins me every Friday on the show to talk about movies. Uh, Mike, we'll leave it there for this week. Or did you have anything else we needed to wrap up with? No, no, I think the da- we got the downer ending here. Okay, good. Oh, Actually, you know what? If you get a chance and you haven't seen it, I know it's been out for a little bit, but The Diplomat is really good. Oh, I'm definitely planning on that. Uh, that uh, that definitely looked like my sort of thing, and I'm really hoping it, it doesn't disappoint. That and Night Agent are straight up your alley. If you're into spies and all that. Yeah, they, they both looked very, very much in the wheelhouse, and I am excited to, to get into those. I was trying to figure out when Diplomat actually came out. April 20th, so it's been out for a little bit, so... Very cool stuff. Very cool. So, all right. Oh, I have one la- one last little thing to say. Yeah, go ahead. Send us on a happy note. Happy 35th anniversary to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. No sh- Really? 35 years today. Oh, my God. As in uh, Thursday, the 22nd? Yes, Thursday, the 22nd, when we're recording. Okay. God, I should have done that as a weekly dose of pure nostalgia yesterday. Oh, man, you should have. I was looking up, like, anniversaries and stuff. Oh, that's, I did Mork and Mindy, the theme song. Oh, uh, well, that's not a bad one. That's not a bad one to go with. Which, side note, I had no idea Mork originally debuted on Happy Days. Oh, yeah. That was, Happy Days was, this, uh, was like a spinoff machine at the time. 
<laughs> That's one way to put it. And it was a spinoff itself. Uh, yeah, I uh, I had I had no clue about that. So, anyways, all right, we'll leave it there for this week. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com joins me every Friday on the show to talk about movies. Uh, Mike, have a movie-rific weekend. See, see what I did there? You as well. A movie-rific. We really got to think about that. A secret invasion-rific. Have yourself a wonderful secret invasion. Uh, secret invasion is supposed to be good. <laughs> Have fun secret invasioning. Nice job, Disney. <laughs> oh, we're never going to get invited at this point. No, time. no, never. Never. But Star Trek, awesome. <laughs> oh, we'll totally, yeah, Paramount loves us, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, that's a good place to end.